everyone, and welcome to the Celebrating International Women's Day Perspectives from Bereskin and Par podcast. I'm Melissa Hippolyte, and I'm one of your hosts for today's episode, and I'm joined here by my two colleagues, Carmela DeLuca and Bridget Chen. Just to give myself a quick introduction, I'm an associate lawyer at Bereskin and Par, practicing in intellectual property, uh, specifically in patent law in the life sciences sector, and I, am, I identify as a black lawyer. Bridget, to hand it over to you to give yourself a little bit of an introduction. Thanks, Alyssa. Hi, everyone. My name is Bridget Chan. I have been at Breskin & Parr for 23 years now um, in our trademark practice group. I am of Chinese origin, in case my last name didn't give that away. Um, I am a mother of two beautiful teenage girls, and I am a lawyer and trademark agent at the firm, as well as the managing partner of the firm's Montreal office. Over to you, Carmen. Wonderful. And I'm Carmela DeLuca. I'm a partner with the Life Science uh, Group here in Montreal. Started off with Toronto and uh, before going to law school, did a, a PhD in postdoc and then sort of transitioned uh, into law. And when I was a summer student, I knew that that transition um, was very successful, having had some great uh, mentors here at Breskin and Parr. When we were preparing for the talk today, uh, Alyssa Bridget and I discussed about how lucky we are to be at Breskin and Parr and how we've all had some great mentors here, both female and uh, male, and that we've had some great support for uh, initiatives that we're interested in and, and feel very supported as females. Bridget, perhaps you can comment on the diversity and inclusion program we have at Breskin and Parr. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can honestly say that diversity and inclusion has always been a part of Breskin and Par ever since I started. Um, but I am pleased to have seen the development of a formal policy um, in recent years where our practices are codified in support of the diverse culture and inclusion of everyone at the firm, regardless of race, religion, gender, um, or sexual orientation. And I think we actually have um, some stats from the firm. I think you have that, Alyssa, don't you? Yes. Yeah, actually, we do have some stats from our firm. Um, and so here at Breskin and Par, 50% of all of the professionals uh, are female. And so professionals includes partners, associates, and students. Uh, 34% of our partners are female. And 69% of associates and articling students are female. That's really great. Yeah, it's fantastic. We've got a lot of females here. And uh, when I was deciding to do law, uh, once I started summering at Breskin and Parr, we were very, I was very lucky to sort of have Micheline Gravel, who is the head of life science, still is the head of life science and was uh, many years ago, um, sort of show me that my decision to go to law school uh, and become a lawyer in, in addition to a scientist was the right one. And we've had some other fantastic women. I know on the trademark side, uh, we've had Cynthia Rowden, and we're very lucky to work with a lot of really wonderful um, women. So because we've had such a wonderful uh, time at Breskin Par, very supported and as Bridget mentioned, diversity and inclusion is very important. We thought that perhaps we would just discuss a little bit of some challenges that perhaps are not uh, female specific, um, but um, that we've had during our uh, careers and how we've dealt with them. Um, so today, uh, we thought we'd talk a little bit about um, inclusivity and the importance of it. We talk a little bit about self-awareness and confidence and um, finding it, and uh, also about the importance of visibility. 
So Alyssa, I thought we'd start with you since you are the uh, most uh, recent to graduate uh, law school and the closest to it. Perhaps you can talk about some challenges you had during law school and how you uh, addressed those challenges. Sure. Uh, so for some context, uh, I'm, I believe I'm a third year call this year. Uh, so yes, I'm definitely the uh, most recent graduate uh, on this podcast. Um, so I went to University of Ottawa Law School, and I came from an undergraduate degree in biomedical science at University of Ottawa as well. Um, and so I think a lot of the challenges that I faced at the very beginning of my career started in law school. And I think a part of that um, was really centered around my perception of what diversity and inclusion in this profession looked like. And a lot of that was shaped by the fact that I was coming to the field of law from a completely unrelated field. And so I had never had really any experience in, uh, you know, a real life legal experience. Um, legal uh, setting. And so when I started law school, a lot of the profession was shaped by my experience therein. And um, for the first year of law school, I really, my, my, my main experience with law came from my peers. And so one thing that I noticed really right off the bat was that I didn't really know a lot of people that had necessarily the same personality characteristics that I had. And so I had some people who, you know, would comment on certain things about my personality, like the fact that I was extremely extroverted and had a bubbly personality. And they would say it sometimes in a positive light and sometimes not necessarily in a positive light. And it, you know, the more you hear those kinds of comments, the more you start to question whether or not um, your personality type is going to be compatible with this profession, and especially when you've never had an actual experience uh, working in the profession. And so one of the things that really created for me was a sense of imposter syndrome, the idea that maybe things about my personality were going to make it so that I couldn't be a lawyer, uh, that I couldn't be a successful lawyer, um, or maybe I didn't have what it took to be a lawyer or to even get hired at a law firm. Obviously, I did get hired at a law firm, a very wonderful Yay. law firm. <laughs> so, um, and that was really one of the things that I really had to overcome from the very beginning uh, was that sense of a lack of inclusivity for certain different kinds of personality types. And one of the biggest things that helped me overcome that particular issue was mentorship. And the reason that I say mentorship was one of the biggest um, influencing factors for me overcoming imposter syndrome was because really, I don't think that there was um, the opportunity for you to really see what the profession looks like just from one small sample size. So you're in one law school in one cohort and that's not necessarily representative of what the entire profession uh, looks like. And so by joining mentorship programs, I was able to meet a variety of incredible women that had incredible careers as lawyers. And they had a variety of different skill sets and hobbies, and um, they were multifaceted in a number of different ways. And it, you know, made me be able to really see that different personality types are not only welcome, but celebrated in the profession and are not indicative that you're going to fail in the profession, but rather indicative that you bring a diverse skill set to the table that will actually help you to succeed later on. 
And so one of my main takeaways from that experience in my life was that um, you really have to expand your network. And there's really an importance in getting to know a lot of different people in the profession to really get a proper snapshot of what the profession actually looks like. And whether or not it's a profession that you want to join, or you could see yourself becoming successful in. Thank you for sharing all of that, Alyssa. I think that's um, perhaps something that resonates with uh, our audience, or maybe they've never thought of it that way, but hearing it from you um, is certainly helpful. Um, you know, being female in my early years in law school, like over 20 years ago, didn't seem to be that much of a concern to me at the time. Um, but I did notice that I was one of maybe three or four visible minority students, uh, or how I prefer to say it, just visibly distinctive. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And I didn't perceive that necessarily as a disadvantage or a challenge at the time, maybe just because it's suppressed and it it wasn't an issue to even think about at the time. But I was certainly aware of it. And I think that's where mentorship really is important and um, sharing our experiences, you know, at all levels of our life, our, uh, our career, whether it's a formal or informal mentorship program, just talking to each other and sharing our knowledge and our experiences um, is really, really important. And it's great that we actually have a formal uh, mentorship program at uh, Breskin and Parr. So I uh, am lucky to have Alyssa to be one of my uh, mentees. And uh, I hope she thinks you know, she might not uh, be able to say so uh, right now, but hopefully she finds usefulness in it. I know that uh, having um, mentors at Breskin and Par and outside of Breskin and Par has been really important to making sure I was aware of different opportunities and and sort of expanding my career. And so I have to say that I've been really lucky. And I, um, one person once mentioned to me that if you're at a place where you don't feel supported and you don't feel that you're getting the mentorship uh, that you need, that's when you know it's time uh, to move on. And um, um, I know, uh, Bridget, you've been, I think, at Breskin and Par also right from the beginning. Um, yep. And I have been here from the beginning. And I think it's a testament of the, the great uh, mentorship um, that we have here. Yeah, I I completely agree with you, Carmela. We have been fortunate to uh, work where we work, where uh, diversity and inclusion has not been a challenge. Um, I, I, on the trademark side, I've been very fortunate to work under the leadership of Dan Breskin and Cynthia Rowden, both of whom are great mentors and supporters in the development of my career. And I think I mentioned before how uh, Michelin de Gravel heads the life science group and Noel Courage was uh, very involved right from when I first started along with uh, Patricia Fulkins, who have really set the the tone of the group, the inclusivity and, and the fun. So we have a lot of fun together. So I think that's great. I was curious, Bridget, as managing partner of the Montreal office, you've had many uh, accolades, you've been recognized, uh, you know, the World Trademark Review this year, one of the top uh, trademark lawyers, one of the top women in business law, best lawyers in Canada. So you've had a lot of success. Um, But I was wondering, on your road to success, it's always interesting to look uh, back, so maybe a little later than law school, but what would you... uh, 
you know, would you say that early on in your career, or even later in your career, have you had any challenges that you felt you uh, were able to overcome and that might be useful to sort of share with others? Well, that's a really good question, Carmela, and, and thank you for raising all those flattering accolades and recognitions. And um, you yourself have many, many of them. Uh, but and, and we both know that these recognitions don't happen overnight, and there are certainly uh, challenges along the way. Um, I touched on the the um, the issue of awareness earlier, and I, I have to stress the importance of just being aware of yourself and of your surroundings because I can't pinpoint specific challenges necessarily, but I know there have been. Um, but by being aware of of yourself and your surroundings, um, just by knowing what's in front of you helps to step it up, um, to, uh, to know when you need to be heard and to find your confidence. So um, in, in the supporting environment that we're privileged to work at, you know, we will get through them and we learn from them. But if you're not aware um, and you don't speak and you don't share, um, then you're left to to fend for yourself and you're not sure where you're going. No one's kind of guiding you. And maybe then you don't reach your highest potential. So I don't know if that helps, but I'm not sure. Do you have you face any specific challenges? Yeah. So I think that uh, those are really, really great points, Bridget. And so obviously I uh, have come into the profession several years after you. And so um I would say that one of the one of the things that I did notice when I was uh, in law school and even uh, in the profession, uh, because well, I've only worked at Bereskin and Par, um, so I have had the opportunity to really look around and see a lot of women, and so that really hasn't been an experience that I had uh, when I was um, entering the field of law in terms of. Um, looking around and, and not necessarily or noticing that I was the only woman in the room. However, w- something I did notice was that I was more than often the only black woman in the room. And so I think that your comments about confidence are also s- extremely applicable to that scenario as well. And because again, going back to the idea that I, I raised earlier about inclusivity, when you don't really see other people that are are like you or share a, a particular characteristic, whether it's a physical characteristic or personality characteristic, uh, when you don't see that really represented in the profession, it starts to you know plant seeds of doubt as to whether or not it's something that is going to stop you from achieving certain things, if it's something that's going to get in your way. And so really practicing having confidence it was a huge uh, portion of um, my ability to overcome those struggles um, in my uh, years in law school, as well as my early years in practice, have been a lot of finding the confidence to know that you deserve to take up space in the profession. And that is really something that I think has is really applicable to um, a lot of different uh, groups of, uh, or diversity groups that aren't necessarily always equally represented, uh, in the profession. That's a great point. I think uh, visibility is one of the other things that we, you know, that touches on visibility and one of the other things that we wanted to talk about and the importance of visibility. When I moved to the Montreal office, I'd spent, uh, perhaps, um, 
you know, seven or eight years in Toronto um, and had never in particular been involved with any women's group. When I, but when I was moving to Montreal, um, they were looking to start a group of women in bio, which is mostly U.S. organization supporting the professional development of women. And I thought hey, this might be a good opportunity to understand and learn the um, get familiar with the biotech um industry in Montreal since I'm moving there. And so I got involved and uh, we started a chapter in Montreal. So it's the only Canadian chapter. And our first event um, for an organization that nobody knew in um, Montreal or Quebec, we had 160 people attend and it was a paid event. You had to pay, you know, it was a pretty significant fee to participate and 160 people, men and women came out to sort of see what women in bio was about. And what became really clear to me is sort of some of the things that we've talked about today, about confidence, about um, making sure that you're heard, being loud enough to be heard, that there was a huge interest um, in sort of learning more. And and so I've been involved with Women in Bio uh, and Breskin and Parr has been a great supporter of Women in Bio since um, since the beginning. So we've we've supported them, and what we've tried to do with that is sort of to increase visibility of women by giving them speaking opportunities and 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 sort of highlighting some of the uh, their accomplishments and sort of using them to. Um, teach other women sort of how to take their place uh, at the table in a way that uh, they feel confident and sort of advances their career. And men and women participate uh, in our events, but there is definitely a lack of visibility in, um, well, in all facets of my career, you know, from when I was in um, studying sciences and stuff, you see more men at a lot of these events speaking. And so what we're trying to do is promote women. And Breskin Parr has been a great supporter of that. One of the other things that we've done is to try to increase the number of women on boards. And so we've launched a, a new program with Women in Bio that, again, uh, Breskin Parr has been a great supporter of uh, called the Excellence in Canadian Board Governance. Um, and so by sort of Encouraging, giving women sort of tools to um, to be more confident uh, and to show that, you know, sometimes it's just trying it out. And once you try it out, you realize, oh, okay, that actually went well. We had uh, one woman at an event, and Bridget, I know you're involved with ECBG with me in sort of um, mm-hmm. teaching one of the classes, but we had uh, one woman who said that she was really surprised with how much support her company had for her sort of participating in this event because, uh, you mm-hmm. know, there's a government fee and, sorry, a program fee for it to participate. And so just sort of not asking, she almost didn't participate because she didn't want to ask for her company to pay for it. And she was quite surprised and happily surprised that the men that she worked with supported her greatly in sort of getting this additional training. Yeah, I I think you touched on a very important part um, aspect, which is support. I think it's so important to support initiatives, support um, visibility. Um, All women should be supporting one another, at least in my view, whether it be in your careers or in your community um, and make a difference in any way that you can, whether big or or small or subtle or very obvious. You know, um, I was reading an article in, in Forbes entitled, who support women are more successful. And this article talks about um, the collective impact of women and how research shows that women benefit from collaboration over competition. And women who support women are 
in fact, more successful in business because they are building relationships. So definitely, you know, we need to support each other and, um, and together we are stronger. Yeah, no, I think that's really uh, a great point about collaboration, you know, women and uh, outside of just in general, that if you have a more inclusive uh, and diverse group of people that you work with, where you're willing to listen to the other voices at the table, that in general, you do better. Um, so I, I didn't realize that we were a club of all uh, only Bereskin and Par, uh, but uh, I think it's a great club and a testament to the, the support that we have here. Um, Alyssa, did you have anything else you wanted to add in terms of support? Yeah. So actually, I was just thinking about how um, that makes co- all of the points that Bridget brought up about how um, people building relationships is really uh, a huge uh, asset to their success in the in the profession. And that is really something that I have uh, found to be true for myself as well. Uh, so for example, I am part of a number of different mentorship programs. So when I was a student, uh, I was a mentee in lots of these programs. And I remember how uh, helpful they were in just giving me perspectives from different from uh, different people in the profession. And uh, as a lawyer, as a practicing lawyer now, I always do take the time when I see these new mentorship programs coming out to try and uh, be part of them in whatever capacity that I can. And specifically, there are a lot of mentorship programs that's, that center around mentorship for women as well, because, um, you know, it really does help, I think, to have, uh, mentors that are women in the profession. And so, um, that's really something that has helped me to really give back in the way that people did to me when I was in law school that really helped my profession grow, uh, or sorry, my, um, success grow in the profession. And um, so just to name a few, I'm uh, part of, uh, for example, the Women's Law Association of Ontario, uh, the Western Women in Law Mentorship Program, uh, the uh, Canadian Association of Black Lawyers and Black Law Students Association have a combined mentorship program as well. Um, and then there's also the Women's Legal Mentorship Program. Uh, and so those are really, I th- found, have been really enriching ways to give back to uh, law students, but then also increase my network and really get to know different people that are entering the profession. And I think that building those relationships are extremely fun, but also end up and uh, really benefiting both parties involved. Couldn't agree with you more. I think I get more out of uh, mentoring than um, than the mentee does. Um, you don't have to confirm that again, Alyssa. <laughs> but um, absolutely, you know, mentoring can definitely goes both ways. You know, you can mentor up and you can mentor down. So sometimes you're um, as a mentee, you're teaching your mentor <laughs> a few things as well. There's no doubt, no doubt. But I think that sort of very nicely brings us back to mentorship um, that we started off with and how the importance of that, uh, well, to all of us, um, but uh, as Alyssa mentioned, while she was in law school as well. And I I think the the last thing that it highlights is just uh, how supportive the environment that we're in allows us to participate in all of these events. So on that note, I think we'll thank Breskin and Parr, but also celebrate. Uh, We look forward to celebrating International Women's Day and uh, thank you for your participation participation today. Thank you, Carmela. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you both. 
happy Women's Day.